the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Um, some of that's true, some of that may not be true, but I hope most of it is true. And I know what is true. Today is another day that our God has made. It is August 9th, 2021. Another gorgeous Monday evening. I mean, fabulous Monday, spectacular Monday. And you know me. I hope that you were able to get out today and be part of uh, the inheritance that we all have here in California. And that's beautiful, beautiful weather, notwithstanding all the other difficulties that go on with living in California. We still count our blessings, do we not? And for those of you who are a part of the Monday program, glad to have you with me. I hope your weekend was well. I hope it was filled again with activity, kinetically and mentally uh, and thoughtfully, and maybe even worshipfully. Because here we go at the top of the week. Um, Hope you're healthy. Hope you are clear headed. Hope you're grounded. So much going on. So much going on in our world at large. Um, What I want to open up with as a monologue, by the way, the number is 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. If you want to join me, love to hear from new callers. Um, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You may have not heard about the term noble lie. Noble lie, like like lying. You know, thou shalt not bear false false witness. Noble lies. I'm sure you've never heard of it. If you have, then you'll know where I'm going here uh, with our opening monologue. We're in the midst of a developing. Uh, uh, what I would consider a massive mad psychosis. Uh, And the basis for it is a flood of of quiet to loud uh, negative emotions as an undertone, really, uh, as a consequence of people being extremely agitated, perturbed, maybe even discombobulated, if you will, uh, just because of all of the changes that have been going on over the last two years. And it's leading to neurotic behavior and uh, irrational outbreaks, uh, behavior patterns that are on the fringes of, of, of panic and, and often violence. You know that. Uh, the media may not want to tell you, but across the country so much in terms of crime and, and uh, just um, – belligerent behavior is taking place. Uh, And, and, you know, we have so many more people on the street who are operating out of that psychosis, the fragility of mind, the neuroticism, the uh, the 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 uh, uh, manic depressive behavior, schizophrenia. Now, all of those things are extremely important for us to evaluate. You and I have to make sure that 
the uh, the landscape of our ability to to perceive our world is operating in real time. Uh, and, 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 and who else? Who else in our world is operating out of these kind of mad, psychotic, uh, fringe behaviors? The people that are in power, our government, our leaders, not only in the White House, but 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 locally in our school boards and our workplace and uh, anywhere that people now can exercise power in the behalf of the big who who I'm not not referring to an owl. I'm referring to the World Health Organization and it's uh, and it's and it's. Uh, papacy with Fauci and uh, and the and the, the relentless relentless uh, one method agenda that is by design being imposed upon uh, the people of America. We know that crime is going up. We know that depression is off the chart. We know that uh, suicide has never been uh, more prevalent. We know that all kinds of aberrant behavior and crime is occurring. And these things that are actually uh, uh, taking place on a on a political social level, with 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 what we can't avoid is apparently the government's agenda, one method agenda of bringing everybody into this kind of tyrannical control. And on top of it, here we go with what is called fake vaccine passports. I know you're hearing about it, and you'll hear more about it, but I'm not surprised. Are you? I'm not surprised that when the government rolls out a mandate that you have to be vaccine and that in a minute, just like it's already happening in that in Israel uh, and other countries that are just walking in lockstep with with these powers. Uh, vaccine passports now are going to be the, the badge of freedom. It's going to be, if you will, your way to move about, get about. It's going to be your identity marker. And guess what? Fake vaccine passports are being proliferated everywhere. And I'm I'm not surprised at that because they are the equivalent to the virus variants. You know, the the medical industry could have told you early on that we were going to be dealing with variants and we could be dealing with variants odd infinitum quite frankly, and we may never, ever get in front of it. They don't actually have an exit strategy plan. Uh, and the same pressures that creates the mutation of the viruses is an analogy of the pressure that's being placed upon human beings right now and causing them to behave, as I stated a moment ago, with levels of psychosis and um, irrational outbreaks of behavior that it, I guarantee you, they knew that upon them mandating passports that you would have a black market everywhere engaging in the very same thing. Fake vaccine passports. Fake vaccine passports is the pressure are the outcome, rather, of the pressure on people whose livelihood, whose education uh, and, and, and everything else is driven uh, by a kind of desperateness to be able to conform and to comply, uh, although they don't want to take the vaccine. So if they can come up with a, a fake vaccine passport. That's all together. Uh, uh, in keeping with trying to appear compliant while at the same time uh, not agreeing with the method that they're doing. Now, you do know this is this called a, a modifier of social behavior. This is a mutation. Uh, it's criminal in nature, of course. But you guys, I can tell you, this is the kind of stuff they anticipated. This is not something that they would have been surprised about. It's anticipated by the social engineers to continue to condemn the non-vaxxers as criminals 
Uh, and, and again, we're in that war motif, are we not? So you got these people who don't want the vaccine for their own reasons, good or bad. It doesn't matter. And many of them are driven to, uh, you know, produce fake vaccine passports. Now they're certainly going to be marked out as criminals. So once again, we're back at the paradoxical landscape of the vaccine people. Pro-vacciners are good. Anti-vacciners not only are bad now, they're criminals. They're criminals. Can you see what's going on? This is an extremely manipulative mass social behavior program. Uh, The motif here is like that of war. I I remember being a little boy during the time of the Vietnam War, um, and I I remember hearing the pros and cons of that war. And and even as I was moving into uh, young teenage years, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. But here we are again. You you have people who were uh, justly concerned about the basis upon which that war took place. And they were called anti-war people, anti-war. You see the parallels? Anti-vaxxers, anti-war. And then you had the people who were pro-war, but they weren't pro-war because of what the government was doing. They were pro-war because they didn't want they, they didn't want us to lose. But here we are again dealing with the same kind of media manipulation, government going along with it, condemning the whistleblowers, condemning anti-war people. Uh, of the likes of even Muhammad Ali. I'm sure you guys remember that. He was one that was an extremely amazing uh, uh, anomaly to me because he stood up, he opposed the war, and he was willing to go to jail for what he believed was right. We are right back at the same situation where the government is engaging in what Plato called the noble lie. Now, the noble lie is when the elite gather together and they can screw that the best way to lead people when they believe that the people don't understand what they are doing is to lie to them in order to have a positive outcome. Because they know if you tell them the truth, then the people may oppose it. They may protest. They may debate it. They may challenge you on it. And rather than taking the risk of not getting your policy uh, passed, what do you do? You engage in the noble lie. And that is what has been going on for several months. You know it's a lie. You and I know it's a lie. We know our government lies. We know they manipulate. We know they don't give us all the data. They don't give us all the information. And they actually know you know. The problem is they don't care that you know. They only care that when they establish an official narrative and they continue to press it home as if it is the only truth and any alteration or deviation from that truth puts you in the realm of heresy. This is a religion. Puts you in the realm of immoral. This is, again, a criminal paradigm. And you are then made to be guilty if you don't comply. See, this is all about compliance. And this is what this pressure is causing people to do. They're protesting everywhere about this right now. I'm sure you know. But this is the Monday edition of Lifeline, and we are coming up on a break. And um, as I come back, we're going to continue talking about why it's so important for you and I to be vigilant, to be thoughtful, to be circumspect, because your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour anyone that is not awake to these realities. We're going to take a break, pay some bills. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. We'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. 
We are back on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Glad to have you with us. The number is one 367 5329 I was talking to you before the break about the noble lie. And I share with you the parallels, at least a little bit, of the Vietnam War. And I, I think some of you can bear record with that. And you can give me a call. I think I see an extreme parallel uh, taking place between the Vietnam War and the propaganda and the media, uh, uh, if you will, uh, manipulation of the, the thinking of the populace uh, at that time and how it created a conflict between the pro-war people and the anti-war people. And it just messed with people's heads. They were engaged in riots. They were engaged in protests. You know that. And uh, very seldom do we want to think about what are the drivers behind that kind of outrage, that kind of demonstrative, open public, uh, disgruntled behavior? There are drivers behind it. Been doing a lot of work on uh, how our government, particularly CIF, FBI, and the military, has historically uh, been engaged in these psyops on Americans and on other countries as well. And they have never stopped. They've gotten caught. Uh, Congress has caught them engaging in behavior like this. I've shared it with you many times, COINTEL, um, uh, Operation Mockingbird, and there are so many others as well. All we need to do is try to figure out what they have defined this one. What's the term that they're using for this one? Because they're seeing the the military and um, the medical industry, particularly Big Pharma, they're all working with psychologists and psychiatrists and sociologists. Why? Because the way you govern millions of people is by controlling their minds. That's exactly how you govern them. You don't just govern them by force like Russia and China tried to do. That doesn't work. After a while, it has to be propaganda. It has to be uh, manipulation of their mind. You use all of the methods. There was a, a scientist back in 1975. I was listening to him a while back. And he was predicting some of the new technologies that would be prevalent in our world uh, during the 2000s. This is back in 1975, maybe earlier. But he said, by the time we get into the, uh, the millennium, the 2001, 2002, we'd be looking at technology, uh, nanotechnology that that they weren't using at that time. Uh, we were just coming into um, how, to, how to have electric gadgets for the home. Uh, you know, washing machines and electric saws and, 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 and things of that nature. But he was talking about in a minute, you're going to see the government operating at major levels of technology and controlling the masses around the world. Uh, and a major component of control, he said, was uh, controlling opinion, a c- controlling thought, demanding that society thinks a certain way and that if they don't, that there would be consequences. But they were certain that because they have been studying human beings for so long and understand how malleable people are, how fragile they are, how easy it is to to quarantine people and to impress people and to uh, threaten people, soft threats, soft threats. This is why you would hear the word over and over and over again over the last 20 years, crisis, crisis, crisis crisis. So you hear this all the time. And the next thing you know, subconsciously, you are operating out of a uh, small measure of, of, uh, of, of threat. And that threat now is changing your emotional priorities and putting you on edge. 
was another scientist that also made this evaluation that I thought was extremely problematic, you guys, and that was this. They know that if you put a human being in a pressure situation and you destabilize him or her or them with constant crisis scenarios uh, and you break them down emotionally, this is what uh, we have been talking about in terms of demoralization, uh, propaganda demoralization, uh, you break them down morally to where they don't have confidence in themselves. They don't even have confidence in what they believe. They don't even have confidence in what they see or hear. They don't have the ability now to make an authoritative judgment for themselves. Uh, I remember one individual saying that one of the biggest reasons why people uh, uh, end up being very ill with with serious diseases, cancer and and, and tumors and, and, uh, and, and all kinds of uh, maladies is, is not just necessarily because of some kind of biological infiltration into their body, but a breakdown of their minds. One of the quickest ways to become physically ill or physiologically ill is for you and I not to be on a constant thread of right thinking, therefore moral thinking, and therefore confident thinking. In other words, if a person can take your confidence away, they can take your morality away. If they can take your morality away, that is your plumb line for right and wrong. That, that, that's, gonna be, that's gonna be your gyrometer. You're gonna only know where you're at in so much as you are clear on the parameters of right and wrong. The moment those parameters are gone, are they, they are in constant shift, you are emotionally impacted. Now the emotions set you up for the kind of confusion and internal trauma that makes you sick. And uh, the statistics around people being ill as a consequence of uh, demoralization is alarming. And that's what's going on today. You're seeing a lot of that in our society. And I, I'm afraid to say it's on purpose. Now, what they said was the only way that you can solve that problem, when you got somebody getting inside your head, you got somebody constantly able to talk to you like your media, like your news outlet, like your like your social media outlets that are saying the same thing across the board. And you are trapped in what I call a um, a focus trap. You are trapped because you can't get out. You have no way out. Um, you're going to have to you're going to have to really regroup. And think about how to break out of your own mental focus trap. You're going to have to put it in reverse. You're going to have to back your, your way out uh, because your health depends upon it. You're going to have to broaden the parameters of your, uh, your uh, social perceptions and, uh, and, 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 and consider alternative views to what you are seeing and hearing if you want to return to some normalcy. If you're going to, if you're going to make it up out of this uh, focus trap that we are all somewhat a part of, uh, you're going to have to transcend the landscape of what has now brought you into a matrix to where your opinions are governed by somebody else and not freely generated by your own capacity for self-analysis, for uh, objective analysis of the uh, situation around you. you, you you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to fight for your sanity. That's a good way to put it. That's what the social scientists have said. That if you're gonna make it out, you're gonna have to learn how to uh, function as an outlier. You're gonna have to simply take a position of not 
acquiescing to what you hear just for your own safety's sake and then evaluate it from a distance. Consider alternatives. Swim upstream. And when you get clarity on these things, you're going to have to take a stand. That that's moral. That that there is called moral strength. You're going to have to take a stand. That's what Muhammad Ali did. That's what kept him from going crazy. It was the right choice. That way he didn't do drugs. He didn't he didn't, you know, try to escape through heroin and cocaine like so many people did, unfortunately, because he didn't let them get inside his head. And that's what's going on in our culture. They're getting inside people's heads. This is why people are now engaging in fake vaccine passports, fake vaccine passports. I mean, you know, is that the only way out? Because what that's basically doing is compromising. It's saying they have the power to ruin my life if I don't take the vaccine. Well, not really. You just have to ask yourself, what are all the options on the table for how I might live? This is why Jesus says, if you are my disciples, you will continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will continue to liberate you. That's why he said what he said. Liberation is what we should be primarily pursuing, and then that with virtue. In fact, you can't keep liberty without virtue. And that that's that's that they know is the battle. So what they do is they continue to demoralize us because if they demoralize us, we have no virtue. And if we have no virtue, we have no right to freedom, and we certainly won't fight for it. Anyhow, two lines open, one 367 one I want to hear from some new callers. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The article says restrictions on unvaccinated people see explosion of fake vaccination cards. An explosion. I don't know what that means. Maybe they just kind of want to give you an optic that makes you move. But I quote, amid a bevy of COVID-19 vaccine mandates being handed down by governments and businesses, there has been an explosion of fabricated vaccination cards, according to researchers, as a segment of the population As a segment of the population tries to avoid the new measures, the dark net reacts to the real market and thus demands uh, demand gives birth to offers, said Dmitry Golov, a researcher at cybersecurity firm Caspersy. In an interview with The Wall Street Journal, forged vaccine cards that claim to be issued by the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention have been proliferating on Amazon. (laughs) eBay and Etsy and other online marketplaces, according to the report. In another example, an Instagram account with the username vaccination card sells laminated COVID-19 vaccination cards for $25 each. A user on this message app, Telegram, offers COVID-19 vaccine card certificates for as much as $200 a piece. Now, let me stop right there because I could go on. But now think about what you just heard And think about, again, what I was saying. The government knows this is going on. This is not outside of the scope of the NSA. They anticipate these kind of aberrant behaviors. It is a kind of mutation of psychosis. The pressure is on the people and they're mutating Uh, in the same way the virus does. This is anticipated. This is clearly what I stated before, social behavior, uh, predictable outcomes. And what are they doing? They are fundamentally trying to get around what appears to be uh, a pressure that if they don't comply, they will not be able to work. They will not be able to 
go to school. I get so many people calling me, emailing me, even from our own congregation, young college students and people that work at universities and people that work at the hospitals. And and you guys may not know it, but there is a mass, mass, uh, if you will, demonstration around uh, vaccine exemption. Vaccine exemption is off the chart right now. It's off the chart. People who have never even thought about it are now, uh, is there a way to be exempted? And you will find, again, a proliferation of those uh, companies online as well. People are everywhere seeking to find ways to comply and not comply at the same time. So I don't know how this one is going to work. I, I think this here is a new war. This is how you start, again, dialectics. This is how you create the pro-con, the right-wrong, the black hat, white hat, uh, binary conflict. So now it's going to be all about which card is real versus which card is false. Which vaccine card is real? Which one is false? But you see how they have advanced the agenda down the train track of control? Because now we're not even talking about why are we even having vaccine cards? This is now all about whether you got a legitimate one versus an illegitimate one. This is how you advance the game down the field. This is politics 101, ladies and gentlemen. This is your plantation system. This is your left-right narrative. Nothing new about this. And this is why you heard Fauci the other day say, as soon as we approve of the vaccine, you're going to find an explosion of mandates by companies everywhere. Why? Because their system is working in terms of the goal is a one-way method of solving this vaccine problem, uh, uh, this um, virus problem, and that is for everybody on the planet to be at vaccine. And if not, if not, then what? Then what if, if, if everybody doesn't comply? What's the next level of pressure that government is going to impose upon us if we don't impl- uh, comply? Muhammad Ali had to go to jail for several months because he didn't comply. And he, I remember, I remember that era. And I remember how they called him all kinds of names. Uh, they really did blacklist him. They really did make him feel. And then they talked about how he would not succeed once he got out. I was, I was ignorant. I was 11 or 12 years old, not really quite sure what was going on. I thought perhaps they might've been right. I know better now. I know that they will predict the doom of a good man before that good man has finished his work so that they can sway people to consider him a bad man. So Muhammad Ali did his time. He didn't kill anybody. He just told the truth the moment he got back on the mic. And he went on to be the greatest boxer in the world. And this is what I've shared with you, ladies and gentlemen, about the truth being temporarily defeated until the resurrection. Truth seekers will always experience some blowback, some punishment, some hatred, some vitriol, and even some death, proverbially proverbially speaking. But there is a day of resurrection. It's a time when the truth emerges. So today you and I are living with all kinds of clarity on World War I, World War II, all kinds of clarity on Vietnam. We have clarity now even on Pearl Harbor. The data is out. What did we know? We knew that our military already knew about the plan to strike Pearl Harbor. We know this. This is not new. You just saw you just heard a clip on the news here about what was that? Uh, uh, Extortion 17. 
Extortion 17. And I suppose that's about some of our uh, Navy SEALs on an operation that ended up going bad, kind of like what was happening when Obama and Clinton were in office and what happened over in uh, in uh, Tripoli uh, with our senator and how he ended up killed uh, because of some bad information. And we know all this stuff. Here's the problem. This is the real problem here. There's a lot of stuff we know that our government is lying about. We know it. The statistics are out. They've done the research. Uh, um, confidence in our government is, is lower than it has ever been. And again, according to Plato, uh, in order to control people who don't believe you, you have to invent a noble lie. A noble lie to be held up by the Senate, by the Congress, by the military, by the media, by the unions, uh, even though they, they know that all the facts are not out, they just hold to the lie because they know enough pressure is going to cause people to collapse up under it and simply do what they say. This is why I love the Bible, because like the Bible lets you know this is the world you live in. This is the system that you suffer under. And the only uh, resolution is a complete dependence upon the true and the living God, a radical pursuit of the truth and be ready to suffer. So many people have. Uh, and, and, and when we have gotten past these tribulations, guess what? Those people that suffered end up becoming heroes for us because they have carved out the path, having warned us that this is what was going on. But so few people actually are able to see it, that it takes a few suffering in order for the many to be liberated. And, and I really hope that you guys are hearing. And I know many of you are. You're hearing what I'm saying. And, you know, intuitively there is some merit to it. But out of, out of all kinds of different uh, psychological dispositions, it's really hard to, uh, to, to, to do something about it in your own right. Uh, we're not going to be able to avoid the, the reset. We're in the middle of the reset. We're in the middle of the revolution. It's worldwide. Not all the countries are going for it. There are lots of countries that are conservative. Your media won't let you know that. But we are in the middle of a reset based upon what I'm seeing uh, the Biden administration has no intention of, of putting it in reverse. This is the strong delusion that they should be leave alive, that they all might be damned because they have pleasure in unrighteousness and not in the truth. Even though the statistics are everywhere, everything is up. Crime is up. Suicide is up. Uh, divorce is up. Uh, conflict among people. This is exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 24 when he told his disciples, take your eyes off the temple. You're missing the real battle. You're missing the real optic. And once he explained to them, he told them, make sure no man deceive you because deception will be mass. Chaos will be mass. Betrayal will be mass. Brother will forsake brother. Parents, children, children, parents, husbands, wife. All of that is what happens when the enemy puts pressure on society and, and people are not grounded in the truth. And that's where we are becoming in our culture today. We haven't reached the zenith of it yet. But we will because they plan on changing your world. This is what makes it so hard for so many people because they're going, what is the end game? When will this be over? Well, it's not going to be over in, in the sense that when you start a war with a country like we did with Iraq, I remember that's exactly what they were saying. So how long are we going to be in and when are we going to get out? And, 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 and 
Bush didn't know when he was going to get out and he didn't get out and we didn't get out until the Trump administration. Why? Because where there is no vision, the people perish. And when the rulers are wicked, the people mourn. And we are moving into a mourning stage in our country because our leaders are not they're not they're not prudent. They're not wise. And you guys deep down in your heart, you know, this is the truth. All right. We're going to pay some more bills. When I come back, we'll start on the phone lines. It looks like we're almost all packed up. We do have one line left open if you want to join the conversation uh, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. One triple eight three six seven. Five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll start the conversation right after this. And now back to Lifeline. They call it Stormy Monday, but Tuesday's just the same. You're gonna be all right, my brother. You're gonna be all right. Let's um, let's begin to have a conversation. Let me start with line number three and Marlis in Castro Valley. Marlis, are you there? Yes, I am. You're Hi, still on the you? planet, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have not seen uh, you for a while. What's going on? Oh, I know. I've just, I've just been laying low, but I'm I'm still listening to you and I'm on the um, Internet, and, and I believe the Lord is still working on me. All right. What's so, your thoughts today? Okay. Well, several months ago... I called in and I asked for prayer about my unemployment insurance situation and I wanted just to give people an update because they prayed for me and in a Uh oh we lost you that's okay hey you you, all right listen now you know what you can't do Marlis you know you can't go into super detail you know that right Marla's going once, Marla's going twice. Phone dropped out. Well, go, let's go to line, line number one and talk with Sean and Retland. Sean and Retland, if he is there. Sean, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. I'm here. How are you? I'm great, man. How is that new baby? The baby's doing awesome. She's doing really good. Yeah, right, thank give, you. Give us, give, us, give, us, uh, give us her name and tell us how mommy's doing. Her name's Anaya. Uh, Vian Marie is her name. Okay, okay. spell that. Spell that. Spell Anaya. A N A I A H. A N A I A H. Okay, I got that. All right, that's a beautiful yeah. name. And her middle name is what? Vian Marie. Okay, Vian Marie. What a beautiful name. We got a little Italian yeah. going on there, right there. Um, so, how is how is your wife doing? Uh, she's doing good. She's doing a lot better with her foot. Right. And the rest of the family? Okay, so it, it looks like it's our end of the line that's happening over there, Matthew. I'm after. Are you there? Are you there, Sean? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. Okay. What, so what were you saying? Because you dropped off for um, a moment. I was saying that she, she has... Uh, three more weeks and then she'll have to go back in to get her foot x-rayed one more time to see if she's going to need the surgery. So, um, we're, we're just waiting on that. How's she feeling with that? I mean, is she, how is she, how is she coming in her own observation or what are you seeing? She's doing a lot better. Like she's able to walk around without her boot. She's in far less pain. 
Um, okay. So we're hoping and praying she doesn't have to do the surgery. Right. Um, they wanted to wait until six weeks after the baby was born. So right. That's, there's no doubt about it. How old is your wife? Yeah. My wife is 37. Okay. No, this will work. Um, what is it a broken ankle? What What's going on? Do we know? She had, it's, it's, it, the, all the doctors were kind of puzzled as to how these two little bones broke, but it, it's these two small bones between the balls of her foot. Yeah. You know, between yeah, her no, I get it. And, and they said they think it was um, a gradual fracture that eventually just totally broke apart mm-hmm. because of the weight of the baby and because yeah. of past pregnancies, maybe just the toll. It takes yep. on the woman's body to take have kids is a is a lot on them, and so we're thinking yep. that that's what it was. That's very plausible. What your wife is going to have to do uh, is <laughs> really now go into the next mode of self preservation, and I mean that in a very positive way. She's going to have to start restoring her own health. She's, you're going to have to. You guys are going to have to be a, a bit more diligent about her body being strengthened because obviously yeah. we're probably we're probably dealing with a calcium issue there and that's not uncommon with women particularly in pregnancy so i know she's smart enough to know that tell her to just ramp mm-hmm. it on up and take care of herself i mean this is extremely important in that regard yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. so how you doing man i'm doing good i'm good um we're just uh thankful that the lord got us through and you know, we, we saw him come through tremendously through his people, and we're just really thankful. Um, I started work. I start, I went back to work okay. yesterday. So I've been working the last couple of days, and we're, we're, everything is kind of smoothing out, it seems. And now we're, we're getting ready for the next wave that's going to come sooner or later of, of trial and challenges that's, that's, that's going to come our way. But, but we're, we're doing... We're doing good. We're doing so good. Remind, uh, remind me again, because I'll close with you on this on, on this particular side of the segment. What you're driving, right? I'm actually waiting in a parking lot. We ordered dinner, and I'm waiting to, for them to bring it out to me. But I am. Oh, driving no, no, no. I'm talking about what you do for a living. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a I'm a maintenance supervisor. I work in property management. Okay, that's right. Um, taking care of different residents and doing maintenance items and all that sort of stuff. Been doing that for quite a long time. So is the job for you there somewhat secure? It is. It is. I've had my position. I've been with the company for 13 years. Okay. Um, and as of right now, they're not uh, going with the mandating on the vast vaccine and everything. So We'll we'll see what happens a little later on down the line because I was a little concerned with that because they've been pretty lockstep with the CDC and all those guidelines. So as yeah. of right now, they're they're not really pushing it. Good. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And, and yeah. okay. So what's on your mind, man? What's on your thoughts? What, uh, did you just call in to check in? And because I'm glad you did. But, you know, you know, we've been keeping up. I've been keeping up with you, your wife's email, your emails. We knew you were you guys were okay. Yeah, we we really appreciate all the all the prayers and all the support that you guys have blessed us with. It's been amazing. So we're we're just thankful for that. Um, And I was calling just to check in. And then also um, uh, what you were talking about as far as uh, people having to suffer in order for 
folks to be free, you know. Right. Um, uh, I was, I was, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, there, the verse that came to mind um, as you were talking was in Matthew 9, where Jesus is talking about fasting, where they ask him about fasting. Sure. And he says, you don't put new wine into old wineskins because right. it'll just it'll just it'll destroy it you need to put new wine into new wineskins and and the context of that is the idea of um loss like they had to lose the lord fasting is the idea of losing something and but you don't fast unless there's going to be a renewal that takes place subsequent of that and um and you can see that in God's people, in, in, in the lives of God's people throughout the Bible. Like, you see it with the disciples where Jesus is essentially telling them, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back. So the idea is you're going to need new wine and new wineskins. And that's the resurrection motif. Like, and, and we're going to, I think we're going to have to experience that, that, that hour of darkness, that hour of sorrow in this country where some folks are going to have to take the place that Christ sat in as far as dying or suffering for liberty, for freedom, for truth, while some others will experience that resurrection and liberation, but they'll be like Peter, be like Peter, in the sense that they're comforting themselves by the fire while others are dying, you know, and and but they too in the long run will come up out of that you know um because there's not going to be any change in this in this world in our country which is corrupt from top to bottom unless there's death that takes place there, there's not going to be going in the morning unless there's sorrow at night you know and we're just we just got to be ready for it wherever god would have us positioned in that you know yeah, that rhythm of redemption is unavoidable. Um, that rhythm of redemption is unavoidable. I, I would, I would, I would actually make an adjustment on the Peter mm-hmm. Peter paradigm because it does apply exactly like you said. Mm-hmm. But Peter, Peter, Peter didn't avoid the suffering. Uh, in fact, yeah. him thinking that he could hide over by the fire and warm himself only set him up to be exposed by the little uh, uh, a servant girl. And at that point, he was crushed for his open denial of the faith, which is what a lot of believers will experience, too. They will be crushed for not not uh, not not standing for the cause of the gospel. But that crushing won't it won't destroy them in hell. Uh, And that has happened all throughout church history. You've had apostate Christians who were false Christians and then you had them that were true. And they suffered badly for rejecting the faith and succumbing to the system. Uh, and then only later on to to recant and then return back to the church. The term you yeah. use is loss. That word loss is what you're going to hear me talking about in the Tuesday, Friday study for mm-hmm. uh, for a while, because that is the concept of suffering. Suffering is always a, a loss motif. And when we are not willing to lose our life, then then the gospel is going to always be in jeopardy. Um, but it's the way that we are transformed. Losing is the way we are transformed. Losing things and losing relationships and losing positions and losing prominence for Christ's sake is the only way that his redemptive glory can be manifested in our lives. And, and that is what you're hinting at 
And and that's where we're headed. I don't know how long it's going to be before the fires heat up to that end. But what people are about to experience are losses uh, for the cause yeah. of the gospel. And it's going to expose us as to where our, our values are. And look, uh, it's good to hear from you. Make sure you don't wait too long to get to get back with us and share with us your thoughts. Sean, say hello to your wife and to the whole family for those of us at Grace. And, uh, and and I hope to talk with you soon. Got to take a hard break, 602. We're going to pay some bills. Uh, three lines open, two lines open, rather. one 888 Those of you who are online, you hold on till we get back. one 888 We'll be right back. 